Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. Standing by to join us is Dr. Holly Lucille. She's author of Creating and Maintaining Balance, A Woman's Guide to Safe Natural Hormone Health. We're going to talk a lot about her naturopath work. It's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, Dr. Holly Lucille. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was reading your bio. For those that don't know, what is a naturopath? So, okay, great question, because here in California, and you and I both are, there's a difference between a traditional naturopath, okay, and a naturopathic doctor. I actually have a license to practice primary care medicine here in California, but it's a Title Protection Act. That means naturopathic doctors have gone to accredited four-year, full-year-round naturopathic medical schools where you um, receive not only training in the biomedical sciences, but but clinical diagnosis, physical diagnosis, laboratory diagnosis, 1,500 hours of clinic hours, face-to-face patient contact. And we function here in California, uh, thanks to Senate Bill 907, passed in 2004, Mm -hmm. as primary care docs. So we just choose to use least invasive methods first. We do have a small scope as far as um, prescribing pharmaceutical agents if needed, but we use a therapeutic order, meaning we establish the foundations of optimal health first, stimulate the self-healing mechanisms of the body, which are amazing, support and restore weakened systems, address physical disalignments, uh, natural symptom control, then you go up synthetic symptom relief if needed, and higher force interventions like surgery. So it's just the way we think through things that's different than maybe allopathic medicine. Um, It's more comprehensive, and I just call it more common sense. (laughs) So let me back up a second. What drove you to pursue this? What, what, What started it all for you? You know, I grew up the daughter of two pharmacists, and literally my health care was like, here, take this, yeah. here, take this. I mean, it's, and I was, even at a young age, I was just, I felt something was wrong with it, and I asked a lot of questions, and then I went to conventional nursing school, and I had the same issue with my instructors and with the, the system of reductionism, mm-hmm. reductionist, reductionistic stuff. You know, okay. it's like um, reductionism. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. It was like, I just, I feel like everybody's individual. There's so many influencing things. Why don't we like look at all of those? And so when I learned, well, I, I found the American Holistic Nursing Association and that was like what tipped me off. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter the education you have. It's how you can apply it and work with people. Sure. Then through that process, I learned about naturopathic medicine and I was like, oh, I got to do this. That's great. I remember as a kid being allergic to a rug, to milk, to eggs, to dairy. Well, I said milk and dairy, duh. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, that I was given a pill, and that wasn't the solution. Yep. Yeah, uh, here, take this approach. Now, listen, and I'm not against conventional Western uh, reductionist medicine at all. I think there's a place for everything. But if you really want to heal and stimulate healing from the inside out, I think you, especially in our modern day with a lot of our modern-day chronic illnesses, you just need to take a deeper look. Yes. Um, And because... The here, take this approach. First of all, it it is there's a, over a hundred thousand deaths per year from appropriately prescribed pharmaceutical, you know, FDA regulated medications. We know that. Um, and then I don't think it's doing anything. It's kind of like a whack-a-mole game. I have patients come in; they're on several different medications, but they started with one, and because of side effects, they ended up with four or five. Yes. Um, and they're not feeling any better. And so that, to me, isn't cutting it when it comes to just being healthy. That makes me crazy. I mean, I feel like a lot of things that I've read about. I go to the Natural Products Expo yeah, and into um, lectures. <laughs> and so I feel like you hear about inflammation and all these issues. If you stop and look at what you're putting in your body, that's a huge start. 
Oh, it's a huge start. I mean, that's the thing. People look at me and what I do, and they're like, oh, you use berries in the wind. And I'm like, no, you know, when dietary uh, modifications, uh, lifestyle interventions, they're they're probably the toughest thing for folks because it does take effort on their part. It, yes. It's easy to take a pill. It is. That's, that's easy medicine. But those things get the job done when we really seriously, um, they get the job done. Yes, yes. It is very hard to stop and say, I'm not going to have dairy anymore. But, you know, if that's your issue and you do eliminate things, you don't have to reach for the pill. Exactly. No, and, and it's, you know, it's do that first. And like mm-hmm. I said, I think there's a place for pharmaceutical medi- medications. Absolutely, they save lives on a daily basis. Um, but when we're looking at things, we need to identify and treat the cause um, and really look at the whole body and all of our modern-day influences. I think that's what gets to the sweet spot when people really start healing and feeling better. What have been some milestones in your life as you, you know, came into this career and you had these aha moments? What have been some huge things that have happened to you? Well, I think that, you know, I would, well, one thing would be that I would schedule with people um, and I know what they would coming in for and I would do all this remedial training, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, into pathophysiology and all of that stuff. And quite honestly, um, when they came to my office and we actually got together, I'm glad I have that knowledge. I'm glad I have that experience, and I'm glad I have that that um, that aptitude, you know, to have good clinical acumen. Yes. But it just goes back to what you and I were saying. Sometimes, a lot of times, medicine isn't rocket science. You know, we just have to. It, I don't mean to make it sound so simple, but diet is everything. If you look up diet in the dictionary, it's called habitual nourishment, right? So mm-hmm. how. In the habit are people nourishing themselves, and that has gone awry. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, we eat for an outcome. You're either eating to be more healthy or actually eating can be done. You know, you, food is a lot in our, in our, in our society. It really is. Yes. And so I think the milestones for me have been that just sticking to the basics is where I do my best work. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a, a YouTube video of you. I think you were talking about pesticides and I know that I eat organic, and my daughter has an issue with asthma, and I've completely changed up, you know, I I grow kale, and I grow different things, organic stuff, and and it makes a huge difference, because when you stop and think about all the pesticides in our foods, it's so toxic. Well, you know, Joe Pizzorno just wrote an article, and he really feels, uh, this is in the Huffington Post, the driver of our chronic um, health issues, and that's the thing, we have more information Janine, out there now, now than ever, on how people can be well. I mean, there's apps, there's banners, there's um, trackers, there's you know, there's there's all, there's webinars, there's you know, people like me and you and radio shows. But we're 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 also our chronic health issues continue to be on the rise. And Joe just wrote an article in the Huffington Post that this environmental medicine, this our toxic environment, is the driver of the disease right now. It really is. Unless we all look towards living more sustainably, it's only going to get worse and worse, despite all of the health information that's out there. Right. So that really got my attention. Well, it's mind-blowing how many times I turn around and someone new has cancer. I mean, yep. there's it, so oh. much cancer right now. Yep. Well, so and if you think about it, cancer is a very, what's well, a very scary word. I think it's a very connotated word. It's the big C. It's all that, yeah. right? Yes. But, you know, that's, those are cells. Those are cells that are confused. Those are cells that are probably not healthy. Those are cells that are proliferating. Mm-hmm. And if we get down to the tissue level, you know, as you said, there's inflammation. There's um, what's provoking that. You know, yes. cancer in and of itself, ugh, awful, right? But right. Um, if we get into identifying and treating the cause, um, maybe we can get into a little bit more of maybe prevention is the cure instead yes. of always trying to find a cure for cancer. Yes. 
Growing up, uh, I grew up in New York City. I was always told how bad sodium nitrites were for you. And this was so many years ago. And now, you know, when I think about cancer, that's, I think it's one of the factors that possibly contributes to cancer. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Oh, sure, of course. I mean, first of all, I think that's, that's one thing. And I think at this point in time, it's the low-level exposure on a daily basis. Yes. I mean, if you think about... A long time ago, it was probably over 10 years ago, I did, a, um, I did a press release on how toxic are you, and I basically went around to each um, major market in the, the, in the United States um, from a news perspective and talked about all of the household cleaning products or health and beauty aids that we actually come in contact with before we head out the door, okay, yes. for our day, whether, whatever that would be, whether it be a stay-home mom or, you know, somebody going to the office. And it's the everyday low-level accumulation. These things, for the most part, are fat-soluble, Right, and so they accumulate over time. They pass through our skin, and you add that to not eating organic, the sodium nitrates, right. um, all the other things. So it's cumulative effect, sure. and I think over time it really makes a big difference. Yeah, my father actually passed away from cancer in December from colon cancer, and by the time uh. they found it, it was stage four. But I, I've been saying, you know, he doesn't look right. Doesn't look right, and I felt for years that there was something brewing. There was something really wrong. He also had heart disease. Right. So, yeah. you know, you can kind of tell or you go on your gut. Yeah, oh, right. huge, absolutely. And, you know, I, and that's another thing I think I would say is that my patients, I follow their bodies. I can have best laid plans, you know. Yeah. But um, everybody's different. Everybody's an individual. This is very personalized medicine. And best laid plans, and then we follow the body and see what it does, and we tweak from there. And my biggest source of information, honestly, is my patients, you know, that, that listening <clears throat> and really believing in them and not having this hierarchy that I'm any better than them and I'm the doctor and they're the patient. Yes. No, this is a true bred partnership where we work together. I'm just a facilitator and, um, you know, I, I can recommend things, and, but I really depend on my patients to, <laughs> to, to pull us through the finish line. Sure, of course. Tell me about your books that you've written. So, well, Creating and Maintaining Balance, A Woman's Guide to Safe Natural Hormone Health, was really at the time when um, the Women's Health Initiative came out and hormone replacement therapy really had been reaching celebrity status. And I was thinking and scratching my head and saying, hey, you know, if it's natural menopause, there really isn't anything to replace. Let's look at restoring function first. Mm -hmm. Because the built-in backup system for pre- and post-menopausal hormone production is our adrenal glands. And so when you look at our modern-day lifestyle and the adrenal toll, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal adaptation that happens. Uh, lay people know it as adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout. Um, that, I think, was really uh, playing a lot to do with people having very problematic menopause. Okay. And so I wanted to honor bioidentical hormone therapies as a viable tool, but at the same time look deeper to restore liver health, to restore adrenal health, to actually get in there and make a difference from that perspective. And so that was what that book was about. And then there's this, I'm a, an athlete and a um, competitive CrossFit athlete, now moving into more of my coaching years. Wow. But, but um, Comfrey, Comfrey used to be known as Bone Set. Um, and so... Yeah, what is that exactly? Yeah, so Comfrey is this lovely plant that we, it was asked to be taken off the market orally back in the 1970s, I believe, because of, um, there's these, uh, toxic alkaloids that were in there, uh, toxic to the liver. Ooh. And now there is a clean comfrey cream called Trauma Plant. Mm -hmm. there, it's grown in Germany, and it is, I have a tube everywhere. Um, and it is lovely for scrapes and burns and strains and sprains and 
bruises, and it's just first aid for everything. That's great. Um, yeah, and I love it. So it was the healing power of Comfrey. I see that you have a lot of different interests, by the way. I want to talk about that. But do you find <laughs> that you, you need a balance, obviously. So one of your passions is bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. You know, it's funny. I had played guitar most of my life, and there was a, a group that I knew had lost sort of a couple people in their band, and they were still getting together to go on this small tour. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, if you would need me just to back up, kind of like rhythm guitar, okay. you, you can, I, I'll, you know, I'll more than happy to do that. Just no big deal. So they're like, here, why don't you try this? So I'm like, huh, two less strings. Well, that sounds good for me. Right. And then I started to pick up the bass, and I realized that I should have always been a bass player, quite oh. honestly. It's like, yeah, I love it. It's, uh, it's something that came really naturally. I love that there's two less strings. Yes, yes. <laughs> Less to think about. And so I went on tour uh, twice, actually, two years ago, yeah. Um, And that was a whole heck of a lot of fun. That's amazing. I mean, it's it's a great outlet, isn't it? It really is. Yes, it really is. Yes, it it just it is it's something that I I do uh, almost on a weekly basis. Um, still play with a bunch of people here, and it's just fun to have that little side gig where you can just um, you know let let the office be the office and right. and and play a little bit. Yes. Now, growing up, did you take a lot of lessons, or were you self taught? You know, I remember back when I lived in Columbus, Ohio, I would walk across my hall um, or yard to my babysitter who. Um, Dylan and Kathy Christian, yes. So I started $2 an hour, I remember <laughs> there, back then. And uh, t- playing all the Neil Young and all the songs, they were hippies, that, or, you know, I thought. Yes. But it's fun, really funny because they're Facebook friends of mine now, and I, used to, I, I mean, I idolize these people. So then on, and we moved around a lot, so I accidentally got into classical guitar lessons, didn't want that. I was always sort of a rock and roller. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of lessons throughout the time, yeah, but now it's just sort of in my bones. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you you should have caught last week's show. I had no small children on. They oh, have a, gosh. You know who they are? Yes. Okay. That's so great. they were on last week, and they have a gig coming up August 25th. They were amazing, very inspiring. So I just love you do th- that you do that, but also let's talk about riding motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that started, too, when I was seven years old, and it wasn't my family. It was my, fam- my, my, my parents' friends. Um, I hung around with these kids, and they had these mini bikes, and we'd ride and ride and ride and ride. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always ride. I, would all, I rode ever since then, and then got my first bike on my own without my parents knowing. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> have been riding ever since. And mm-hmm. so I, I ride to this day, actually. Do you have kids? Um, only four-legged. Only four-legged. Okay, yep. I was going to say, what would you do if your kids wanted to ride? I know. Yeah, Sometimes that's it makes right. That's nervous. probably why I only had four-legged. Right. <laughs> I didn't want the hypocrisy and the conflicts coming no, at me. No kidding. You know, I had thought about getting a bike, too, because I grew up around motorcycles, but I thought, oh, if anything happens to me, you know, that would not be good. So, But they, they are a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. You just, I mean, it is one of those things. I had a bad crash, and I, I do ride differently to this day. Oh. Um, but it's, it's here, especially in Los Angeles. You just really, really need to be on the defense and be very Exactly. Careful. Exactly. You can be the best rider, but it's someone else you have to watch out for. I know. So I know we have to wrap up soon, but any last bit of advice for people that kind of want to change their ways? They don't know where to start. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that I, when you know, I look at PCP, your primary care provider. I think everybody should be primarily, <laughs> primarily in charge of providing care for themselves. Yes. So it's it's partnering with the right person and always getting second opinions if you need to. I do understand 
the insurance-based system that we're in now. You know, I have a cash practice, so sometimes it's prohibitive for people. I will see anybody. doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. I feel it's a right, not a privilege for the access to this type of care. But look, you know, look outside the box. There are licensed naturopathic doctors. There's other people that could help facilitate better living through health and wellness than through chemistry. And I think that's what really is going to win at the end of the day with our, our system of medicine and, and our country just being healthier and healthier. Yes. And try to be a detective of your own health instead of yeah. just reaching for a pill. Yeah, and you, use your body as a, as a communicator. That, you know, your body's it's, it's giving you signals and telling you things, so just pay attention, too. Yes. Now, where can people find out about you and reach out to you? You can either go to drhollylucille.com or inherentlyyou.com. Perfect. Thank and you. And I'd so love much. to come back and we'll just talk some more. Oh, I would love that. I All would right. love that. Okay. And maybe I'll see you at the No Small Children gig. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Or if not, we'll be in touch. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Janine. Bye. That was Dr. Holly Lucille. If you missed any part of the segment, it will be up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I have her bio up on here. It's incredible, very extensive. Her whole backstory, how she got into this. So we'll take a break, and then we're talking with director Gregory Caruso. His information is up on my blog as well. I had a chance to watch his film. It was unbelievable. It's called uh, Making the American Man. This is his breakout film, and it's really empowering. It talks about the modern age of American men's style, the value of American-made goods, and how one cannot exist without the other. If you want to read up on it, it is on my blog. This film is now available on Netflix, so we'll be talking with him a little after 9.30. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.